0: We're not trying to make the giving moment a panhandling moment, where it's like desperate, like, please give to us. Yeah. Oh, we need to pay off debt. Oh my goodness, please, like to keep the lights on. Nobody gives to desperation. Right. People give to invitation. People give to vision. People give to first principle. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do.
1: A pastor-turned-tech leader and a millennial churchgoer explore the intersection of technology, culture, and faith equipping you with innovative strategies to support you as you live out your calling, lead your churches with confidence, and step into the future together. This is the Give It Up podcast. Vance, so the giving moment in churches is a very important moment.
0: I think so. For
1: services. Yes. (laughs) But in my own experience, I'm sure in yours as well, you've seen a lot of those moments fall flat.
0: Or too long. This is not the sermon yet, people. Correct. This is not supposed to be 10 minutes. This is definitely not supposed to be 20 minutes. Maybe two.
1: And people don't realize the power that's in it because when you're saying something every single week, Mm. it can feel mundane. Right. And so. I want to talk today about how we can make giving moments in the middle of a message most effective. I
0: love that. Maximize the moment. Yes. I think that's really important. I think it's really important to understand the purpose of the giving moment. Yeah. We actually learned the gravity of this moment several years ago when we did a little experiment, okay? We read The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. Shout out to Gateway Church. Phenomenal church. Very financial church, okay? The Blessed Life is that book. (laughs) That book that if you didn't believe in the tithe, Before, you probably will, after reading that book, you'll you'll want to live a generous life. And and it's a phenomenal book. Obviously, Pastor Robert Morris, a legend amongst legend. In that book, he would go on to share the philosophy of Gateway Church and how they facilitate generosity. Mm. And we felt so convicted because at Gateway Church in Texas, they don't actually do a moment where they pass buckets or where they actually prompt giving in service. Oh, Wow you know, because they want to give no reason for people to maybe be offended or something to that nature, right? Mm -hmm. And we felt so convicted. Instead, what they do is they do giving kiosks at the back of the church and in the lobby where if you go to Gateway Church, you know, uh, especially if you read the book, The Power of the Tithe, and you can go ahead and do that on your way out or on your way in. And so we're Mm. like, you know what? Scrap the giving moment, Take it out of the run sheet, five more minutes for worship, let's go. And we were so pumped. Mm -hmm. I remember it clearly. We did this experiment the summer of, I want to say 2016, okay? And that August specifically, we ran this experiment. And we usually do a a month over month kind of comparison report. Mm -hmm. Our giving for that August, for that experiment, plummeted. Palpitated like it almost like you know like the the at the doctor's office where there's yeah. a pulse yeah and there's a it I was almost flat flatlined <laughs> it was almost dead and we're like bring the giving moment back oh my <laughs> five minutes seven minutes, whatever it needs <laughs> like we're talking about giving every service yeah for the rest of vibe church wow you know and so you know I'm not saying that that strategy at Gateway Church doesn't work maybe it's a different context maybe in Texas they just tithe. Maybe Texas people are tithers automatically. But people in the Silicon Valley, they need a reminder. (laughs) They need a refresher. They need some theology around the tithe, the giving. And you know, this is what we learned is that it was very simple, actually. It didn't need to be seven minutes. It didn't need to be 10 minutes. It's a couple of minutes that we have in service where we prompt giving, where we remind people to honor God with their tithe. Mm -hmm. And it actually serves as a sacred moment within the service for us to worship together Mm -hmm. in our giving. And a lot of times it's actually not uh, based on the quality or even the content of the sermonette (laughs) that the host is giving, the campus pastor is giving, the executive pastor is giving, the CFO is giving. No, it's actually more about how clear the message and the direction is. Mm. And so you don't actually have to be so intimidated by giving this crazy, elaborate teaching on the tithe. Here's the facts. You are not going to convince somebody to tithe in two minutes. I'm sorry. You're probably not even going to convince somebody to tithe in 10 minutes. To give 10% of your income and you haven't been doing that before is a massive step. Sure. People need to be discipled in that step. People come into the revelation of the tithe through small groups through next steps, through walking with other disciples, through walking with other people of the way that have been practicing this lifestyle, that have been practicing this tradition, yeah. this powerful principle. in the Bible. it's not going to happen in two minutes. It's not going to happen in 10 minutes. So what is your job? Your job is not to get that person far from Jesus to convince them to tithe mm. on that Sunday service. Your job is to orient the saints to orient the people that already are followers of the way, to orient the people that are members at your church and simply encourage them on the tithe and to remind them the ways to give. Mm. It's actually a lot more logistical than people think. Because huh. a lot of times what you're speaking to is somebody that already believes in the tithe, okay. but just needs simple instruction because maybe they practice a the tithe once a month. Max, maybe they practice it twice a month, the 15th yeah. and the 30th. Maybe they're a real estate agent. Maybe they practice practice the tithe twice a year. And so people drift, people leak, people forget. Mm-hmm. And so more than trying to do this elaborate sermonette, I would actually really rehearse and practice how you're going to talk about how to give, the mm-hmm. ways to give, okay. the ways they can be unlimited in their generosity and practice things like the tithe. But yeah. if we're going to go into how I personally prep a giving message and how many people at our church prep a giving message. You want to keep it concise and compelling, right? This is not okay. the time to tell life stories. This is not the time to get all cute. It's all about being clear and being compelling. So okay. let's do let's do a layup. How about that? Let's do a little layup <laughs> if you're listening to the audio. Zoe did a horrible rendition of a layup. She actually did a fadeaway. <sighs> She did a fade away like bank shot.
1: Sorry, I'm not a baller, Vance.
0: (laughs) Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow, shout out, with good wine. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 in the NLT version. If you're looking for a giving moment message, what a great verse. yeah. This is a great verse Definitely. to adopt. There's so much you can say in this verse. There's so much you can do to encourage the church in this verse. I shared this recently with our church during a giving moment, and I wanted to highlight. It's good if you're going to teach the tithe to build a little tension. I mean, with any point okay. of communication, right? Yep. Building tension is good. Definitely. You want people to like stand up. You don't want people to kind of snooze off. You yep. want you know, to have inflection in your voice. You want to be able to engage an audience. One way to engage an audience, a good story, has good tension. Sure. Right. Yeah. And the tension here that I find, you want to, if you're going to communicate anything from the Bible, is you want to try to find the tension. There's a lot of tension in the Bible. There's a lot of backwards economics in the Bible. The last shall be first. What? Yes. The first shall be last. That's why that I'm glad my name is so <laughs> exactly because that
1: means I'm gonna be first. There you go. In heaven.
0: Yes, but not in school attendance role. No, call. I'm yeah. dead
1: last every time. <laughs> the tension
0: in Proverbs 3, 9. In 10 is that oftentimes as believers, we actually are waiting for the overflow first before mm. we honor the Lord with our wealth. Yeah. We read the verse backwards, mm. but Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 doesn't read Proverbs 3, 10, and 9. <laughs> it reads in a sequence, it reads in an order for a reason. Okay. No, no, no. Honor the Lord first. Mm. Yeah. Honor the Lord with your best. Honor the Lord with the best part of everything you produce, then, then, see, the byproduct of honoring the Lord is he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And so it's a simple encouragement. I'm bringing a biblical truth, I'm bringing a biblical principle, I'm drawing out attention, mm-hmm. I'm bringing a little bit of relief because the conclusion is really great. Sure. I wanna live a life of overflow. Yeah. I want to honor the Lord. And if the Bible says, then I will live a life of overflow. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. Okay, how do we do that? Church, there's so many ways to participate in the tithe of giving your best to God. And the ways here at Vive Church that we do it is through our website, through our app. You can go to vivechurch.org slash give. Mm -hmm. And there's actually so many ways to give. You're not even limited to your checking account or savings account here at Vive Church. You can give via stock. You can give via crypto. There's so many people in this community that have decided to practice this principle. And we've seen that nobody regrets ever being generous.
1: That's really powerful. And I just want to pay attention to what he just said, because there is nothing Vance just said in that second half that made him sound like he needed to know anything about any financial terms. He just said, oh, you can also give in the following ways. That's right. That's all it needs to be. Yep. And so let's dig into this a little bit more because I'm picturing that there's someone out there who's listening to this and is like, okay, Vance, well, that's already what I'm doing in my church. I tell my church, hey, here's the verse I pulled up this week, which we know, they just go through a Rolodex, right? Because there's right. only so many verses in the Bible on the tithe, right. so we hear the same, you know. Malachi 3.10, and so, 10, yeah. Exactly, Proverbs 11, 24, 25. Yeah. And, you know, we hear these verses and they're like, but how can I make it fun and compelling? Mm. And, and you're saying that's not the most important part. Right. But what are you saying that's differentiating people who grab a verse, say the verse, then say, and now we're going to give. What's different about what you're trying to communicate?
0: I, I, you know, said that I was going to get a verse that was a layup. And there are those go-to verses that specifically call out money, right? But there's also verses that don't specifically call out money. Yeah. Um, There's verses that don't specifically talk about ties, that don't specifically talk about generosity. You should take those verses too. Mm -hmm right? And you should build the tension. I think we talked about this on another podcast, but the brilliant story that kind of indirectly talks about money and currency, but not specifically about generosity and tithing, is a story where they try to trap Jesus. They try to trap Jesus in saying, hey, should we pay taxes? Okay, so what does taxes have to do with the tithe? Mm. Actually, if we put those two concepts together, it's a little bit cringy, Because people sometimes misconstrue what the tithe is. They think it's church membership fee or they think it's the church tax to be able to be part of the community. That can be further from the truth. So why would I be bringing this passage into a giving moment? Because it creates tension, (laughs) right? And what you're trying to do is you're trying to relieve the tension with the greater principle. So in that story where they're trying to trap Jesus and tell him, hey, Jesus, should we give our taxes? Because what they were trying to say is, they're corrupt, Jesus. This government's corrupt. I thought you were meant to come here to overthrow this government, Jesus. So what are you going to say now? Because then if he bucks the trend and he says, no, don't pay taxes, then they got him again. Yeah. Because they're trapping him to do something illegal. And so he does something so brilliant. He says, hey, no, you should- Look at what's on that coin, and they say, "Okay, yeah, on this coin is Caesar. That that's the image." He says, "Like, yeah, okay, so the image on that coin is what they said Caesar. Okay, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, yeah. and then in just Jesus fashion, he just drops the mic. I love this passage so much, <laughs> and he goes, and give to God what is God's. What does it have to do with ties and offerings? Well. The the thing that it has to do with tithes and offerings is that Jesus always ups the standard. Yeah. He says, "Yes, pay your taxes." They printed those coins. Yeah, they printed those bills. They printed that money. Is that what you're putting your trust in? Mm. Give it back. Yeah. If they're, they're they're rendering taxes, if they're demanding taxes, if they're requiring taxes, honor the government, honor the authority, pay your taxes. But check this out. Give to God what is God's. Yeah. So if the image on the coin is Caesar, and I told you to give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, what is the image on you? Mm. The Imago Day? Mm. You are an image bearer of God. So yes. if you're going to give to God what is God, give your whole self to God. And so what does that have to do with the tithes and offerings? Because he ups the standard. It's not just about, oh, how much do I need to get? What is it? Is it 10%? No, no, no. Actually, here's the standard. Give everything. Yes. Give everything. Yep. For so all of us, yeah. when we come around the time of tithes and offerings, when we say a lot of people in this community are giving ten percent, what we're saying is we're we're deciding what our baseline is going to be. Yeah. But what we're really aiming to do is become more and more like Jesus, to mm-hmm. become more and more like Christ, to figure out a way that we can actually give as much. As possible to further the kingdom of God, whether it's yeah, maybe your tithe, but definitely also your talent yeah. and hopefully your time. And so, what what we're doing into your question is we're not trying to make the giving moment a panhandling moment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where it's like desperate, like please give to us. Yeah. Oh, we need to pay off debt. Oh my gosh, like we're in trouble. Yeah. We need to pay the rent oh my goodness, please, like to keep the lights on. Nobody gives to desperation. Right? People give to invitation. Mm. People give to faith. People give to vision. Yes. People give to first principle. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do.
1: I think that's a, that's a great distinction. And so, you know, as we're talking about this, I just want to get really granular because I know that this is very helpful for people when they're struggling yes. with this. So what are some things that you have seen uh, pastors, obviously we're not going to call out any institution or anybody, but... What are some things that have been done wrong Mm. in this giving moment that makes it fall flat?
0: Yeah, number one, too long. I would say that most of the time, if you're doing a giving moment, especially if somebody is coming into this space that's newer to this space, especially if maybe their heart's not aligned to what the purpose is, it's their moment. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, they didn't get invited to preach this year, but they got a giving moment, so they're going to maximize it. No, no, no. It's not your chance to maximize it by giving a 10-minute sermonette yes. on money. Yeah. That's not the point, right? Like reserve the... mo. Here, here's the thing with hosting and with platform time from people that may be facilitating things like giving or announcements and things like that. You want to point things back to God, not yourself. Yeah. You want to actually set it up for whoever the preacher is for that day. A lot of times it might be your lead pastor. And so if you're doing things in a way that doesn't set it up, but detracts from what's about to come, you didn't do your job, right? And so to sit in that seat, a lot of times it's the person that sits in the second seat. It's the person that is maybe the second in command. Maybe it's the person that is the support team, the executive team around the lead pastor, the lead pastors, your job is kind of like in volleyball to do the most amazing setup you can to set it up for the spike. Yeah. Because the goal of the service is not to necessarily get a giving report back and, Hey, look, look what I did. Yeah. You know, Giving's like, up this record, week, to record, you. Record yeah. week, because I gave a two-minute message. No, yeah. like that's not even the spike though. Even if that was the case, that's not yep. the spike. The spike is a salvation altar call. Mm-hmm. That's the spike. Yes. And so you're trying to gear everything towards that. And so if you take that mentality, what this giving moment actually does, you can connect the dots, right? Because people that go, respond to the altar is possible to do that because of the building that you're in because of the parking lot that you have, Mm -hmm. because of the volunteers that you have, because of paid staff that it takes to do all the logistics during the week. And so what you're doing is you're facilitating generosity towards the main part of worship, the main commission, the great commission that we have. And so too long, I think another uh, maybe faux pas that I've seen is that it's too fancy Okay. So, you know, you're trying to maybe do a funny story plus like an alliteration, plus like this super deep punchline. Yeah. And it's like, man, so how do I give? <laughs> and, and and then, you know, you, you run out of time because you know, most modern churches have a clock. Yeah. You run out of time and you wanna respect the time and you did everything in your content part that you have no time for the directions part. Yeah. And so you missed out on the logistical part which is actually the main part. You know what? They're actually half listening to you and they're half like fumbling on their phone like like trying what was the website again? And they're trying to like actually they're actually trying to look past you to zoom in their camera for the QR code. <laughs> True. So so that and then the third thing was like you know, read the room. Yes. Right? Read the room. Yeah. You know, um, have a form of engagement. Do a little call and response. Like I start a lot of the moments that I have an opportunity to to encourage people in their giving. I say, I encourage the church. I say, come on, Vive Church, how many people love to give? And there's usually like a little cheer, right? And if the cheer is too quiet, I'll really be like, no, no, come on. This is a generous. Show. How many people love to give? And I'm encouraging them. I'm not reprimanding them. I'm not uh, saying, oh, y'all not going to talk to me, huh? Oh, (laughs) you know, it's, no, 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 it's, 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 it's building with positivity. Yeah. It's building with edification. It's building with exhortation. Hey, we're a generation. This church for a decade has given sacrificially. This is why we're in this building right now, because there are, hundreds and hundreds of family units that have decided we're going to be a generous family. We're going to practice the tithe. Yeah. We're going to give above and beyond and become vision builders, kingdom builders. This is what vibe is. And I just want to encourage you right now, if you want to join that crew, that coveted crew, decide today. Yeah, Decide today that you want to be a giver. There's so many ways to get, and then you get into the logistics, yeah. right? And so I would say just too long, too fancy and not reading the room.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's great. And I'm thinking about um, church planners specifically with this next question, Ooh, because this is good. I know that in, in previous episodes, we've talked about um, how to build trust in the church. Mm. And a lot of it has to do with do what you say you're going to do. Yes. And you build trust by proving that you have done that and will continue to do that. Yes. But for a church planner who literally is planting, mm. and doesn't have anything currently to prove we're going to do what we're ge- we've said we're going to do. How can they build trust within the church and for the givers in the room? Endorsement. Continue.
0: So early, early, early days, if you have a board of oversights or advisors that are pastors of other churches that are a little bit further, have a little bit more credibility, getting them to video in something in periodic Mm. times, big celebration moments where they can endorse your leadership I think okay. it's really important to provide some credibility and gravitas to what you're building. Yeah. Um, that's an important point because a lot of times some some people's hesitation with activating the tithe or giving or, you know, giving sacrificially is I don't know if this is gonna be around in a couple of years. Right. And so you need people to validate it and provide credibility around it. Build your team quickly so that you are not the only one giving the giving moment, right? Yes. You're not yeah. the only one speaking to it. You want to create depth and layers to your team as soon as possible so that, here, here's the thing. We say this at Vive Church, honor up, honor down, honor all around. A culture of honor is so important because your perception mm. dictates your reception. Mm. There's actually this interesting story, this world-class violinist, Joshua Bell, look him up.
1: Okay,
0: He would be invited to play at, The largest stages, the Boston Symphony Hall, they would sell tickets for this guy for $300 a pop. He decided to do an experiment. He went to the subways in New York and he was playing his violin, the same set that he played a few days ago at the Boston Symphony Hall. Mm. And guess how much he made that day in his little like violin case? $32. Wow. $32. Because your perception, Mm. Dictates your reception. Just imagine if somebody would have recognized him. Just imagine if somebody would have started the chain reaction. Just imagine if somebody would have acted out of honor and said, Hey, do you guys know who this is? This is Joshua Bell. He was just at the Boston Symphony Hall, $300 a ticket. He's giving a free concert right here put it on Instagram Reels, put it on TikTok, Mm. put it on Snapchat. People start hearing about it. He would have had crowds and crowds and crowds. Why? Nothing changed. Mm. The set list didn't change. He didn't change. The perception changed. Mm. That's what honor does. Wow. Jesus goes to his hometown. He said, I could not be honored in my hometown. Why? Because they treated him familiar. Yeah. And so what you need to do is you need to create layers in depth to your team. You need to have advisors speak in. So you're not just hyping your own self up and saying, hey, look, I'm this great leader. No, no, no. Let other people say that and let other people cultivate a culture of honor because it's actually not for you or for the pastor. It's actually for the people. Mm. The pastor doesn't mm. need honor, yeah, but people need an opportunity to honor, right? Yeah. And another way like that we that. honor is through our ties and offerings.
1: Yeah, I really like that. And one thing I would like to add, as someone who has been in, in the rooms with church planners as they're getting their churches off the ground, is that verse that you spoke about earlier, that's a great verse yeah. to point to in your giving message when you don't have anything to point towards yet. Right. Because it's saying give first yes. before you see anything. Good. Give out of I love that. faith. Yes. And so I think that using that lens, even as you're looking through scripture of where are stories of people who did something and acted before they saw Good. what the results would be. That's going to be super powerful for I you love that as well. All right. Well, this is really helpful to me. I feel like I can give a giving message sermonette now.
0: You should. In Pittsburgh.
1: In what's Pittsburgh. The church? Amplify.
0: Amplify. Shout out.
1: Shout out. <laughs> All right. So um, that's it for this episode. Guys, know that you have everything you need right in front of you and that you don't need to be the world's most clever person on stage as you're giving this moment. It's all about God and just present that opportunity and give them all of the information they need to make it actionable in their lives.
0: I love that. And congratulations, because you are an insider. Yeah. Exclusive content just for you. Well done. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Give It Up podcast. If you want to receive even more insights on church innovation, culture, and giving, now you can sign up for free to be an Overflow Insider, where you'll receive exclusive content discounts, direct access to Vance Roush to get your questions answered, and also invite-only access to our monthly fundraising leadership forums. Head to overflow.co backslash insider, or just click the link in our bio to sign up for free today. In order to get this podcast in the ears of even more church leaders, could you please subscribe and leave a review for the show? This tells the podcast players what people are enjoying and want to hear more of. And we are adamant about providing maximum value to even more church leaders. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.